Good morning, and welcome in to The Blitz, live in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, live on Fan Run Radio. I'm Charlie Collier, and uh, well, it's just me today. Just me here with you for the next couple of hours, getting you to your lunch break on this Tuesday, on this game day. Beautiful day, beautiful week here in Knoxville. My goodness, 59, sitting here talking to you right now, 59 degrees. Oh, that is uh, that is sexual weather. I'll tell you that much, 59 today, high of 68. Going to touch the 70s tomorrow, high 70s. The weather is beautiful. Spring coming around, and uh, here with you for the next couple of hours. No Sam Beard today. He's out today and tomorrow with uh, a family situation, but he'll be back later this week. Uh, so just me today. You can call in if you want to join, want to talk today, 865-546-8200, your number to call in. But a lot to get to. A loaded weekend from the weekend. Um, XFL back. Yeah, that's the biggest story from the weekend, the XFL being back. But uh, Tennessee went on the road to Kentucky. That went swell Tennessee baseball went out to the desert that somehow went even worse uh lot a lot happening this weekend a lot to break down and plus it's a double game day too it's been a while since we've we've gotten to the point where you know you have two game days in the same day but Tennessee baseball back at home home opener today Alabama A&M uh Tennessee basketball on the road against a different A&M a little bit coltier of an A&M. Texas A&M on the road today. But February 21st, man, March right around right around the corner. It was a good weekend. Good weekend, all things considered. A long weekend. Didn't, didn't talk to you guys Friday. Didn't talk to you guys yesterday. But, uh, man, a good weekend. I saw three movies this weekend. Quietly, two very good ones, right? So I, I was watching on Friday... This movie, Buffaloed, very good. Like a, it's got like Zoe Deutsch. She's a debt collector. It was excellent. I, I'd never heard of it before. Uh, then, then Saturday night, I watched uh, I Love You, Beth Cooper. Man, I think uh, I think Hayden Pantier, Pantier, however you pronounce it, she is definitely uh, she might be passing Mila Kunis in my in my actress rankings. And then uh, I'll tell you what Sunday. Night, I think, then yet I finished it Monday morning. I watched a movie with Chris Rock called Top Five. And I don't know if any of you guys have ever watched it. I don't know if anyone listening has seen this movie. I've never in my life heard of of, of this movie, even, but it's Chris Rock in it. Um, it is, it, there's a bunch of big names Adam Sandler, Sandler's in it briefly, and uh, Jerry Seinfeld is in it briefly. Um, it also stars Rosario Dawson and J.B. Smooth, but it has, like, Gabrielle Union. Uh, it had Anders Holm, Cedric the Entertainer, Kevin Hart, Tracy Morgan, Leslie Jones. It had DMX in it. Like, it just randomly, there was a jail scene where DMX was just singing in, like, in, in jail. It had everyone in it. And it was pretty funny, but it was actually really good, too. So if you get the time, it's free on, like, Pluto, Pluto TV. It was also on Paramount. Highly recommend Top 5. So I had a good weekend. Watched some movies. Uh... Watched a lot of college basketball. I 
broadcasted a lot of high school basketball this weekend too. A lot of uh, district tournament action. I was all I was down in Sevier County all weekend. Sevier County High School broadcasting those games. I'll tell you what, I watched Tennessee Kentucky at a Buffalo Wild Wings in Sevierville because um, I wasn't going to have time to to drive all the way down to Sevier County after the game. So I had to go there for the game, watch it at Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't know. I I didn't realize there was such a strong Lexington to Sevierville pipeline, but there were 15, 20 Kentucky fans all at this Buffalo Wild Wings, and then just me. There were not other Tennessee fans. There was maybe like three, four other Tennessee fans, and then just all these Kentucky fans. It was brutal. It was disgusting. Um, I had a guy next to me just drinking wet red wine and, and eating onion rings. I didn't know that was a thing. I guess uh, maybe it's a Kentucky fan thing, but he drank like five glasses of red wine and had like three orders of onion rings. That was very strange. All of it was weird. Uh, none of it was good. Terrible, <laughs> terrible Saturday. The, t- the Morristown lost both of their games, um, and and that was just an awful time in that Buffalo Wild Wings. So I see the uh, the phone ringing, so here's how we're going to do this today. Just going to put you straight on. Caller, we come to you. You're on with the Blitz. Well, how about that? A telemarketer, what do you know? <laughs> what a start. Just a nice little telemarketer. Maybe next one I'll just leave them on. We'll see what they have to say. But, uh, yeah, that was that was a brutal start to the Saturday. Dunk contest, though. Great way to end Saturday. Um, see a lot of hate out there for the NBA All-Star Weekend, for their All-Star Saturday night. Skills contest, I get it. It's a little chaotic, a little discombobulated. You know, it's not necessarily high-level basketball, but I love the skills contest. I thought the three-point contest was great, too. You know, I saw a lot of people complaining about that. Uh, I mean, you had... A hometown guy in it. And then you also had Dame Lillard in his Weber State jersey just like 30 miles down the road or 30 minutes down the road from where he played college basketball winning the the three-point contest. You had Julius Randle, like the funny reaction from his son. Tyrese Halliburton hit 30. I thought it was a great three-point contest. Uh, The dunk contest is all the way back. I mean, even even the bad dunks were still good. Like even Jericho Sims basically doing the same dunk twice was better than anything we saw from last year's winner Obi Toppin uh and then Mac McClung man he has saved the dunk contest Mac McClung was uh everything the NBA needed to revive the dunk contest uh incredible a 720 uh the the hops that he had it was I, it was enough to get you off of I think off your couch, like yelling at the TV. I was animated watching it Saturday night. Uh, could not have asked for a better dunk contest. I, I think the only issue really that you get is, you know, they asked Mac McClung if he wanted to to potentially defend his crown next year, and he said, hey, if you have me back, I'll be back. That even could honestly deter some of your young stars from participating because they don't want to get schooled by – you know, a dude that looks like he should be on the Great Clips poster for a 12-and-under haircut. Um, you think John Morant's going to show up to the dunk contest and get schooled by Mac McClung? No. You know, you think Zion's going to go show up and, 
and 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 get his butt whooped by you know Southwest Virginia's finest. Doubt it. Um, but Mac McClung was awesome Saturday night. That made for uh, made for a great Saturday. And then there's plenty of good college basketball this weekend too. Plenty, plenty, plenty of good college hoops. Uh, could not have asked really for. Well, I guess you know we've gotten better college hoops, but I don't know. I'm just loving it. I- I'm loving what we're getting from college basketball right now. Kansas last night, man, aren't they inevitable? Goodness. At one point they lost, you know, three games in a row, and it was just it, it was a point where you know they really didn't look like Kansas. They had lost three starters and seventy percent of their scoring from a year ago. Um just a completely different team. They'd lacked a true center. You know, I believe that they've you know they've had like KJ Adams playing center. They found a center now, but despite all of this, Kansas inevitable. Here they are again, about to win the Big Twelve, in position at least to win another Big Twelve title, in position to, you know, be the number one seed in the NCAA tournament again, or a number one seed in the NCAA tournament again. You know, they've won won two straight by 13 and a half points in the in the Big 12 including a game over Baylor and then last night you know you follow up a, a massive emotional game against Baylor a big comeback in the second half and oh that's right you have to go on the road to play TCU cuz the, the you know play TCU cuz the Big 12 is a nightmare uh Mike Miles back for TCU last night and Kansas promptly wins anyway just Taking care of business. Grady Dick was excellent last night. 19 points for him. Uh, Jalen Wilson had had 13 rebounds. Dewan Harris, 8 assists. Just uh, Kansas, man. <laughs> Bill Self, look, I don't, I, I don't like Bill Self, but he doesn't get enough credit. Uh, Bill Self, probably the best coach in America. I, I'm willing to say it. I think better than any other coach in America at this point. Um, he's beaten the FBI. He's beaten the NCAA. He's beaten all the Blue Bloods. He's outlasted all these other coaches. Even when recruiting's dipped, he's maintained uh, one of the top five programs in America. Say what you want about Bill Self. Uh, you know, make fun of his toupee or his cheating or his somewhat unlikable personality. But I'm starting to come around on Bill Self as a as a coach, like as a person, I, I, I guess. I think he's becoming more likable. And I guess maybe all the NCAA stuff is just becoming more forgivable as the NIL world has basically opened up pay-for-play. I, I don't know if that's the case, but Bill Self, um, a ton more likable, uh, just a lot more likable. But good to be here with you this Monday. Or It's not even Monday. It's Tuesday. Man, I'm, I'm all out of sorts. But good to be here with you. On this Tuesday, we got a lot to get into. Going to talk the state of the program with Tennessee basketball. Got to get into tonight's matchup with Texas A&M. We're going to take a look back at um, the weekend of baseball that was. Maybe take a look at, at Alabama A&M as well, and then we'll have a we'll have you know some good, bad, and the ugly for you. An opening drive for you. A lot coming for you today here on the Blitz. We're going to catch a break though. We'll be back on the other side talking some Tennessee hoops. Stay with us on Fan Run Radio. This winter, make sure your heating and air unit doesn't leave you out in the cold. Call East Tennessee's heating and air professionals at Blue Water Climate Control. A locally owned and operated, veteran owned and operated business, Blue Water Climate Control is the company that does the right repair the right way the first time. To schedule repairs or maintenance, call 865-299-2290 or just visit bluewaterclimatecontrol.com. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Bree from Malone and Costa Dentistry at Knoxville Smiles. Have you been putting off getting dental treatment? Maybe you're embarrassed or you're worried that you'll be judged. Or maybe you're worried that you'll be treated as just another set of teeth rather than a person. If so, I would like to invite you to visit us at Malone and Costa Dentistry at Knoxville Smiles. We will meet you wherever you are in life to help you feel good about you. Call us at 865-539-1776 to set up an appointment or go online to knoxvillesmiles.com. Looking for a great spot to watch the big game with friends and family? Check out Big Orange Phillies 6625 Maynardville Pike and Halls. The perfect place for a quick lunch or burgers and beers with friends after work. Plus, if you're looking for fun to go along with the food and beverage, Big Orange Phillies has all your favorite bar games, including pool, darts, karaoke, and live music on the weekends. Check out their menu as well as a full calendar of all their events online at BigOrangePhillies.com. Matlock Tire, East Tennessee's number one tire service and auto repair shop since 1953. Matlock means auto service you can trust. At Matlock, they don't just do tires, they also do oil changes, brake repair, wheel alignments, and more. Visit one of their five locations in Farragut, Miraville, Lenore City, Athens, and Hardin Valley. You can schedule your service online today at matlocktireservice.com. Modern convenience, hometown service, Matlock Tire Service and Auto Repair. Hey folks, are you tired of long waits and outrageous prices when getting your prescriptions filled? If so, maybe it's time you try National Rx. Located on Kingston Pike in Farragut, National Rx is a locally owned independent pharmacy that specializes in fast, exceptional service and won't price gouge no matter what. Plus, they offer online refills and free delivery. So if you're tired of getting the big box store runaround, give National Rx a call and talk to one of their expert pharmacists about how much time and money you can save by shopping local. You can stop by National Rx in West Knoxville at 11134 Kingston Pike in Farragut, right next to Wendy's. Locally owned and operated, veteran owned and operated. A true fan-run business if there ever was one. National Rx, online at nationalrx.com. At Knoxville Smiles, we're bringing the future of modern dental care to East Tennessee today. Everybody wants gleaming, beautifully white teeth, but very few enjoy the scraping and polishing with all the gritty stuff that gets stuck in your mouth. Well, all of that will soon be ancient history. At Knoxville Smiles, the future is here now with guided biofilm therapy. Using a gentle erythritol powder mixed with air and warm water, we can clean your teeth better than ever without all the poking, scraping, and scratching. So if the thought of going to the dentist fills you with a lot of stress and anxiety, this will be music to your ears. It's a kinder, gentler approach, and Dr. Stephen Malone and Michael Costa are proud to be among the first to offer it in Knoxville. Give us a call at 865-539-1776 to set up your appointment. Or just visit us online at KnoxvilleSmiles.com.
All right, back here on the Blitz, 1021 on this Tuesday morning. Again, just me today. If you want to call in and join me on the show, your number to call, 865-546-8200. Again, 865-546-8200. The Big Orange Philly phone lines are open and waiting. Live here in the White Claw. Hard Seltzer Studios. Hey, cheer on the Big Orange with White Claw Hard Seltzer. Crafted with quality ingredients, it's made from a blend of seltzer water, a gluten-free alcohol base with just a hint of fruit flavor. 100 calories, 1 gram of sugar, 5% alcohol. Dish the beer belly bloat and make the switch over to White Claw Hard Seltzer. Available in many deliciously refreshing flavors, as always. Please drink responsibly. So talking a little Tennessee basketball here. And, uh, you know, just a, a general sense, the, the state of the program after what is quite possibly the most Tennessee week of all time. You, you, you beat the number one team in the country, Alabama, at your place. You hand them their first SEC loss last Wednesday, and you promptly follow that up by going on the road and losing to a bubble Kentucky team to complete the season sweep. And you looked about as as you know as as explosive offensively as IUPUI in the first half. Nineteen points in the first half. You were better in the second half. You know, thirty-five points. But you know, another day where your offense doesn't show up, where you shoot a poor percentage from the field, where you score under sixty points, and you lose a game that. On paper, you should not lose. Part of it too, you got out rebounded, forty to thirty-two. Um, where is this program at? I mean, it, it's certainly frustrating. They are certainly a volatile basketball team. I mean, at this point, I think there's a case to be made for this team to to make the Final Four. There's a case to be made that this team can beat anybody in the country. There's also a case for this team to suffer a historic upset in the first round. You know, I think that either of those, both of those possibilities somehow, you know, feel, you know, likely and incredibly unlikely, right? You're 20 and 7. You are top six in all the predictive matrix metrics. You know, your Kin Palms, your Evan Mywas, your, your Bart Torviks, you know, all, all, all your fancy little number guys. Your top six in all those those predictive matrix. You have three wins over one and two seeds in the in the NCAA tournament. You know, there's a chance that that Texas and Kansas and Alabama all secure uh, top five seeds in, in the tournament, and you've beaten all of them. You know, you've uh, shown the ability to beat anybody. You. You've shown the ability to put up 85 points. You've shown the ability to completely shut down some of the best offenses in the country. At times, nobody has looked better than Tennessee. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people like to bring up that past conversation of, is this the best Tennessee team of all time? And kind of laugh at it now, almost use it as a, a way to dig at, you know, some of the believers in this basketball team. But I think it's important to remember we were having that conversation for a reason, too. At, at one point, this team was playing a, a level at a level of basketball more often than not 
that was good enough to maybe justify, to maybe warrant the question, hey, is this Rick Barnes' best Tennessee team? So that's the highs. The highs is six days ago. Uh, Jemai Meshack taking the, a lottery pick, a top five pick in the draft, and, and not letting him make a shot from the field. You know, the highs are Olivier Kamwa dropping 22 points against a top five Texas team, a top 10 Texas team. You know, the highs are Zakai Ziegler uh, and his double doubles and the assist numbers that he's been putting up and, and beating Mississippi State by 40 and all these other things. But, you know, there's also the lows, and there's the lows this year are unfamiliar. Uh, it's not often that, that Tennessee has had this amount of puzzling losses. You know, we've, we've had the same frustrations over, over the course of several years with these Tennessee teams, but losing the games that they've lost this year is, is kind of a new thing. They've done it once or twice maybe in a year. They've had a slip up here, slip up there, but uh, nothing that's all that irregular compared to their, their top 25 or even top 15 peers, right? Everybody's going to suffer some head-scratching losses when you have a 30-plus a, a game season and a bunch of 18- to 22-year-olds that are playing in all kinds of different environments with all kind of external factors potentially affecting their play, every top team goes on the road and they'll lose a, a head-scratcher or two, and maybe one of them you know, drops a, a, a weird home game too. But Tennessee's taken it beyond that, which is there's a reason that nobody in the top 25 has as many losses outside the top 35 of the net as Tennessee. Tennessee this year has lost more of those games than I think we've ever really imagine they would some bad losses Colorado Florida you know both of those Kentucky losses specifically the one at home I would say that's you know by far the worst loss losing at Vanderbilt you know the, the Missouri loss some bad losses in there the Missouri loss maybe not that bad when they shoot 52 percent from three but still some losses you're not accustomed to um, the offense has fallen out of the top 60 now you know you hope that they had bottomed out after that Auburn game well that's not quite the case as they're outside of the top 60 and you know if you want to make the argument this team is is not going to live up to expectations that they're going to have an early tournament exit well unbalanced teams typically don't perform all that well and I, I know there's a lot of people too that they call for I would rather have a great offense and a, a pedestrian defense than vice versa to them I say it really doesn't matter you know, I guess it's maybe more fun to watch sometimes, but it really doesn't matter if you're if you're not more balanced in both areas, you're pro- probably not going to do well. Um, you look at it, right? Teams that had a really good O, top ten offense, and and a defense that was not so top ten, that was outside of the top sixty. Well, they in twenty four examples have averaged one point eight tournament wins uh, per appearance one Final Four, one title, and uh, in those 24 examples. You know, you've had some Elite Eight appearances, you've had some, some Sweet Sixteens, but typically those teams have not uh, not lived up to expectations because we're talking specifically teams that have had those, those numbers with an unbalanced offense and defense that have also had a top-four seed in the tournament. So 24 examples of that, 1.8 wins per tourney. You want to take the reverse, you want to look at the Tennessee example, the number one defense in the country, or this, you know, just for the the sake of of looking at this in a broader view, a, a top ten defense, but then an offense out, outside the top sixty. Uh, you want to look at that. Well, there's eight examples of a team being in the top four national seeds: a one seed, a two seed, a three seed, or a four seed, 
having a defense in the top 10 and having an offense outside the top 60. There are eight examples of that. They average 1.9 wins for ter- per, per tournament. Um, one Final Four, one title appearance. Um, a couple of lead eights, but again, the numbers tell you that a team that's unbalanced, whether it's offense good, defense bad, or defense good, offense bad, either way, typically they don't make a great run in the tournament. So on, on one hand, you have a Tennessee team that has had these impressive showings and has had these impressive wins, and if you want to use those wins to justify an argument uh, to say that Tennessee is going to make an Elite Eight or make a Final Four, yeah. I can get behind that, but if you also want to tell me uh, that Tennessee's offense just isn't good enough and you want to point to some of these losses and you want to point to these numbers that I just told you and and, and say that, hey, Tennessee's not going to make it out of the first weekend. Okay, yeah, I I can also – I get it. I I understand that point. And, and again, Tennessee is such a volatile team. It's rare to see a team that is this – that I think that has this wide of a range of potential outcomes, but – I'll tell you this, uh, courtesy of Stats by Will, shout out Will Warren for for compiling some of these numbers, the average top 25 team on February 20th from a year ago got one and a half points better in offensive efficiency uh, from this point until the end of the season. That was a year ago. And and this tracks a couple years back as well. It's not just like just last year, but, you know, that's last year. If Tennessee were to make that same growth offensively, which – Who's to say they can't? It seems like they're figuring some things out. The smaller lineup against Missouri, you know, Jemiah Meshack has improved as a scorer. You're still missing a couple of starting quality players in Julian Phillips, Josiah Jordan-James. If they come back, you know, could that offense improve a point and a half in, in terms of their efficiency numbers? Yeah, I think they could. Tennessee made that same growth. They would crack the top 50 in terms of Ken Palm's adjusted offensive efficiency. They could even perhaps – climb higher than that um you want to go back to our our comparing comparisons to past teams with similar metrics teams with top 10 defenses but then offenses that climb up into that 35 to 50 range they've made the elite eight uh in six of the 14 most recent 14 examples with an average of 2.1 tournament wins so they're averaging getting the second weekend six times they've made the Elite Eight or further in 14 appearances. Six divided by 14, that's 43% of the time. So if Tennessee can make that jump and, and climb up back up into the top 50, you know, top 40 even, then history tells you that they'll look like a team that has a greater than 50% chance to make it to the second weekend, to make it to the Sweet 16, a little bit less than a 50% chance to make it to the Elite Eight. You know, those are numbers that I can deal with. Those are numbers that I can accept. Those are numbers that I can I can be hopeful, that I can be excited about uh, going into March. So with all of this being said, I know I've thrown a lot of numbers at you. I, I think the real point of this conversation is that nobody – knows a damn thing about what this team is going to do. Uh, they are incredibly unpredictable. You can try to look at, at metrics and past numbers and whatever else, but anybody that tells you, oh, this team is going to do this in, in the tournament, you know, this team's going to make an Elite Eight, this team's going to make a Final Four, or, uh, you know, this team's going to just bow out early again. 
whether whatever side that you know this person's on cool whatever you can't actually make that prediction with this team I, I just don't I just don't think that we know enough about this team and I still don't think we'll know enough about this team to ever you know to really feel good about what what their future looks like in March one way or the other you know I think we're all just in a position where you kick back put your feet up put your hands behind your heads and and, and you just you just have to wait and see. You just have to wait and see because, it, it again, it feels like this team has a March run in them, and maybe they do. And maybe for once they're still not yet playing their best basketball. Maybe it's still ahead of them. You know, maybe they're going to look more like a typical team come March and, and then just get hot at the right time, peak at the right time. Or maybe they're going to run into a, a 15-seed Furman in the first round that shoots an unbelievable clip from three and uh, – you're going to be on on March Madness highlight compilations for the next ten years for getting upset by a 15 seed. You know, maybe you drop to a three seed and you play a 14, and you know Colgate shows up, the Colgate Raiders that shoot an unbelievable clip from three out of the Patriot League, and they beat you in the first round. I could see that happening, but the point is, the the constant arguing, the daily arguing at this point, it's pointless. It's just a waste of time because. This team is just too unpredictable. This team is just too unpredictable. But I feel like this is kind of where we're at as a program currently. Um, you dropped out of the top ten in the AP for the first time in, well, a long time. I, I don't know the exact date, but I know you've been comfortably inside the top ten for quite a while. You dropped out to 11. Got four games left. A&M on the road tonight. Arkansas on at home a week from now, uh, next Tuesday, and then Saturday you host South Carolina, and the following Saturday you go on the road to Auburn. So four games left, and then all of a sudden it'll be tournament time. It'll be <laughs> March again, and it'll be the time of the year that I think a lot of Tennessee basketball fans dread. But, hey, who knows? Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one. Pass losses don't lose you another game this year. You know, Rick Barnes' history doesn't lose you another game this year. This team, they're capable of winning it all. They're capable of losing the first weekend. But catch a break here. Again, Big Orange Philly phone line's open. If you want to call in, give uh, let your voice be heard about Tennessee basketball, feel free, 865-546-8200. Again, 865-546-8200. That's your number to call in. On the other side, we'll keep talking Tennessee hoops. And we'll transition uh, into taking a look at tonight's game. Stay with us here on Fan Run Radio. Linderman Sports Medicine, the volunteer state's leader in orthopedic regenerative medicine. Founded by VFL and Fan Run listener Dr. Laura Linderman in Memphis, Linderman Sports Medicine can get you back in the game of life without going under the knife. So if you're ready to get back to doing the physical activities you love without having to undergo painful and risky surgery, visit LindermanSportsMedicine.com today and get back on the road to a healthy, active, fulfilling life. Hey Knoxville, this is Dr. Bree from Malone and Costa Dentistry at Knoxville Smiles. If the thought of going to the dentist fills you with fear and anxiety, then you'll be glad to know that we offer sedation services to all of our adult patients so that you can be calm and relaxed throughout your visit. 
To find out more, call us at 865-539-1776 and ask about our sedation procedures. Or you can visit us online at knoxvillesmiles.com. Matlock Tire, East Tennessee's number one tire service and auto repair shop since 1953. Matlock means auto service you can trust. At Matlock, they don't just do tires, they also do oil changes, brake repair, wheel alignments, and more. Visit one of their five locations in Farragut, Miraville, Lenore City, Athens, and Hardin Valley. You can schedule your service online today at matlocktireservice.com. Modern convenience, hometown service, Matlock Tire Service and Auto Repair. If you or a loved one has been injured in an automobile accident, you deserve the best. With over 20 years experience in car and semi-truck accident cases, the Knoxville-based law offices of G. Turner Howard III have the expertise to handle your case and get you the money you deserve. Visit g3helpme.com to get your free legal consultation and let the G3 team put their experience to work for you. Attorney G. Turner Howard III. Back here on the Blitz. <clears throat> Pardon me. You're listening to the podcast. My apologies. I forgot to hit pause during the commercial break uh, between the first and second segment. So you guys just had to listen to the same commercials everyone else did. Hopefully you skipped through them. My apologies. Again, a one-man show today. Having to press a lot of buttons back here. Big Orange Philly phone lines, they're open. 865-546-8200. 865-546-8200. That's your number to call in. Hey, Big Orange Phillies, go check them out. 6625 Maynardville Pike up in Halls. It's a perfect spot for a quick lunch break. Burgers and brews after lunch, maybe, or after work, uh, maybe somewhere you want to go watch a game on the weekend. Maybe tonight you're thinking, hey, Tennessee, Texas A&M, big-time college basketball matchup. I don't want to make food at home tonight. I want to go out somewhere. Go watch this game with some other Tennessee fans. Hey, go head over to Big Orange Phillies. A lot of fun. They got live music, pool, darts, karaoke on the weekends. It's a great spot uh, to catch some good vibes and good food. You can check out their full menu over at BigOrangePhillies.com. And if you can't make it in, well, hey, they deliver via Grubhub. Big Orange Phillies. Again, 6625 Maynardville Pike. Phone lines are open, but uh, it's game day. Let's talk Tennessee and Texas A&M. Vols trying to avoid losing two straight for the second time this month, which would, a little hint, not be a good place to be. Not where you want to do. It's going to take a a big effort tonight. You know, the Vols are going to have to go get an impressive road win. I think Tennessee is lacking an impressive True road win. Obviously, the, the neutral site victory over Kansas is one of the better wins in the country. And the neutral site win over Maryland is a good win. You know, it's it's, it's a good win. Maryland has played some good basketball. But, you know, you missed your opportunity against Arizona for a marquee road victory. Shout out the rest for that one. And, you know, since then, you, you haven't really had a big road game. I guess... Kentucky probably quantifies as your biggest road game you've had all year um, up until this point. Going on the road to play Texas A&M, and I think every resume kind of needs that that true road win to pull it all together. And Tennessee, for what it's worth, still has a pretty impressive resume, but this could help boost that. 
Maybe startling, I think, to some of you to wake up this morning and see Tennessee is a one-point underdog to Texas A&M. But to say this game is tough, like that, that's maybe even an understatement. You know, ranked teams this year, first of all, significantly under 500 when they go on the road uh, to face a lower-ranked but still-ranked opponent. Well, t- Texas A&M ranked 25th. You know, Tennessee ranked 11th. That is a higher-ranked team going on the road to face a lower-ranked team. So teams in this exact same situation under 500 this year. Just in general, ranked teams going on the road are, are barely over 500, period, on the season. Furthermore, since conference play has started, this Texas A&M team has played like a top five team in the country. And, you know, that's not just like my opinion. Predictive metrics, again, Evan Maya, Bart Torvik, all these fancy people, the, the doctor of basketball analytics, Ken Pomeroy, they tend to agree in fact, if uh, you know, if you date it back to just when conference play started for Texas A&M, in that same time period, they rank out one spot better than Purdue. If you had the power to place the current version of this Texas A&M team back at the start of the schedule, and, and you erase some of those losses, you know, you, you you erase the the Murray State loss, the Colorado loss, the Wofford loss. Again, this team been playing like a top five team in the country. You can even leave the the Memphis and Boise State loss for A and M. You just get rid of of Colorado and Wofford and Murray State, which I know you can't. But but if you did, this would be more. This would be like a, a, a three seed in the NCAA tournament. You know, that's the level of basketball that A and M has been playing. They would most definitely be a top four seed if they just didn't spend November and half of December looking like. Uh, a junior varsity basketball team. If they spent November looking a little bit more like this A&M team and a little bit less like 2-23 and 23 Green Bay, we'd be talking about a, a top 15 matchup here tonight on the road in A&M at least. So that's kind of what A&M is, you know, where A&M's at. Again, a, a really good basketball team, and, and, and they've kind of gotten by just by really out-toughing teams. They don't shoot a super high clip. They don't even, which we'll get to this, they don't, they don't shoot free throws even at that great of a clip. They get to the line a ton. That's what they rely on. Uh, but, you know, they don't hit a lot of them necessarily. They don't take a lot of threes. But what they do, again, they want to out-tough you. Uh, they want to get some good basket cuts. They want to get shots at the rim, and they want to get to the foul line. Nobody gets fouled more than Texas A&M. Texas A&M is dying to get to the free throw line tonight. That's what they want to do. They want to just pound it inside and, and, and time and time again just tough it out and get to the free throw line. And they're undersized, but they're not at a, a strength disadvantage necessarily. You know, they they crash the offensive glass exceptionally well. Not as well as Tennessee, but but they do it really well. They, they rely on a lot of second second chance points. Wade Taylor, Texas A&M's point guard, he's probably been the best point guard in the SEC. You know, it's either him or or, or Santiago. I mean, uh, or it's either him or uh, Zakai Ziegler. But Wade Taylor averaging 15 and a half points a game, uh, over four assists a game. You know, I know Zakai's assist numbers in SEC play have been better, but Wade Taylor really just makes this offense go, and he's an efficient player. And then his running mate, Tyrese Radford, 
excellent at getting to the rim. Uh, you know, I think uh, over like 37% of his attempts are at the rim. Very good slasher. And those two complement each other really well. And then, of course, you have Henry Coleman. He's going to kind of do what he does. He's going to get his back cuts. He's going to always just space correctly and, and, and get in good positions on the floor. Um, second chance points and, and points at the free throw line, though. That is A&M's bread and butter. That is their recipe to beating you. The good news, the Vols can rebound. And, oh, boy, can they rebound. They are a great rebounding team in terms of offensive rebound percentage. Sixth in the country, top in the SEC. Um, defensive rebounding has been great this year as well. So that makes you feel all right. I mean, that that's half of the Texas A&M's offense is, or at least if you know their two biggest strengths, offensive rebounding. You rebound the ball well, you feel like you can take that away. You feel like you can neutralize that well. Where I worry about this team tonight is the foul trouble. You know, we already know that Tennessee is lacking depth. It doesn't seem like Josiah Jordan-James will play. Julian Phillips still questionable. I, I, I kind of doubt he plays either. So Tennessee already lacking some of the depth they typically possess. And furthermore, it's a team that has had some issues with foul trouble this year. You know, Tennessee, when you play the physical brand of defense that the Vols do, well, that also gets you in foul trouble sometimes. And we also know when you go on the road, typically the whistle not in your favor. Typically that home crowd impacts officials. Uh, tip, go on the road to A&M tonight, you feel like they can probably manipulate uh, a couple extra fouls here and there. Zakai Ziegler, we know how much he's seemed to like to foul lately. He's going to have to stay out of foul trouble because he can guard Wade Taylor, and if he can, if he can really kind of cut the head off the snake, you know that can put Tennessee in a great spot because, again, Wade Taylor makes that offense go. But Sakai picks up some early fouls. If, if we need another early B.J. Edwards appearance, you know, if some other guys start fouling too, then, then things can turn quickly, uh, quickly for Tennessee's defense. Defensively, A&M recently cracked the top 50, and they play tough defense. Uh, but it's not a world-beating defense by any means. You know, I honestly, with Tennessee at this point, sometimes I, I don't even feel like opposing defenses matter that much. You know, sometimes it, it feels like you can just throw it out the window that it's more about Tennessee than it is about the defense. It's more about Tennessee's ability to consistently make shots, and uh, only God knows if, if they're going to do that on any given night. But, you know, for, for what A&M does, uh, they want you to shoot over top of them. They really want you to shoot over top of them over and over and over again. They allow you to shoot, but, but they want you to shoot. And they, and they are kind of reliant on you know some, some shots not falling and some teams getting frustrated and those numbers continuing to dwindle. They don't want you to attack the rim. I think, personally, that Tennessee is going to be able to attack the rim. I think that A&M is not going to be able to defend Tennessee well because Tennessee can be patient. They can reverse the ball, and I think you're going to get a, a lot of Tennessee possessions that ultimately end with points in the paint. You know, I think this team's going to do a good job of being patient and reversing the ball. You know, when Tennessee reverses the ball twice in a possession, their their numbers in terms of efficiency go up astronomically. Tennessee can can really be patient and dissect this A&M defense tonight. Um, now, obviously, if, if A&M makes you settle for a lot of jump shots and you can't knock them down at a reasonable clip – 
Well, we've seen how that story goes for Tennessee. Things could collapse, collapse quickly. But I think that Tennessee matches up well in this game. Now, Julian Phillips would obviously be huge if he can come back in this game. A, he gives you a, a, another defender for their guards. Um, a lengthy guy that can, can maybe even have a, an inch or two on, on their three and, and really make life difficult for A&M, for Henry Coleman potentially. But, you know, I think also he could be pretty valuable offensively. If you're going with a bigger lineup, I think you can get Julian Phillips in a position where he can head down to that block, the low block as a three, and get some post-ups on some, some smaller forwards, some smaller guards. So I think Julian Phillips would be a big difference in this game. I, I heard three and out ask this question when I was driving in this morning. You know, what, what is Julian Phillips worth? for this basketball team. I think he's worth a good six, eight points tonight. A difference. He could be. If you get the Julian Phillips that's playing aggressive, that's playing with confidence, just you know, given the versatility he can provide this offense, given his de- defensive per- versatility, he can guard up, he can guard down. And then, again, I think you can find him some advantageous matchups offensively. He would be big tonight if he can come back. And I heard three and out suggest this, too, could be interesting. Given A&M's smaller size, Julian Phillips being back could even open up the possibility of you testing out a, a super small lineup where you could go four round one, you know, put Olivier at the five or even Tobey if you want a better rebounder or Urosh or Adu if you want some size, you know, a little bit. But you could put those guys at the five but then go Julian Phillips at the four, Jemai Meshack at the three, and then Santi at the two and, and Zakai at the one. Work four round one, really space the A&M defense out. You know, give you more opportunities for some of those those ball screens and backdoor cuts away from the ball. Give you more opportunities to try to slash to the rim and drive. Uh, if Julian Phillips comes back tonight, could be an opportunity to go with that super small lineup. So I would be interested to see that as well. Um, you could also try to go really big, pack the paint, and, and use that rebounding to your advantage and, and, and use your size to your advantage too. I think there's a couple different ways that you could go. Um, but A&M, they're playing for an SEC championship, man. That is what's on the line for them, and it's not going to be tough to come take that away. Or it, it will be tough, pardon me, to come take that away. A&M, you're really their last obstacle in between uh, a win and you're in game for them, the final game of the year. They host Tennessee tonight, then they go play the two Mississippi schools on the road next week, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Take care of business there. If they beat Tennessee tonight, and win those next two, they'll have a win. Winner wins the conference game against Alabama, the final game of the season, at home, Saturday, March 4th. So there's a lot at stake for A&M. They're going to be a desperate team. They're, they're going to be a, a hungry team. It makes it even tougher. Um, last thing I kind of wanted to bring up here, again, stats by Will. Will Warren does an amazing job. But he's identified a potential X factor for this Tennessee team, and I wanted to bring it up. Tennessee. Against opponents this year, they're in the top 100 of defensive rebounding percentage. Uh, They're 0-4 in those games. Tennessee this year against opponents that rank in the top 200 of defensive rebounding. 5-6. Tennessee against opponents that rank outside the top 200 in defensive rebounding percentage. 15-1. And it makes sense when Tennessee's not shooting a very good clip, but they're the sixth best offensive rebounding team in the country, best in the SEC. 
getting those extra possessions is crucial. When you're grinding out these low-scoring games, when you're defending your, your tails off and you need to win these close games, one, two, maybe three extra possessions, that could be the difference. So it makes sense. And then when you look at it even further, Tennessee's losses and even Tennessee's most puzzling losses, some of Tennessee's worst offensive performances when they didn't rebound the ball well. Not that Auburn game. The Auburn game, they did rebound the ball really well. They just didn't shoot well. But against Kentucky, they got out-rebounded in both of those games, and they didn't really get a, a lot of quality shots in either of those games either. So shout-out to Will Warren for, for noticing that first, but wanted to bring that to the table. That could potentially be the X factor. Rebounding could be you know what makes or breaks this team. And right now, Texas A&M, uh, sub-200 in terms of their defensive rebounding percentage, 222nd in the country. Tennessee 15-1 and in games this year uh, where Tennessee, again, uh, where, where Tennessee's playing a team that's outside the top 200. So maybe that's the X factor tonight. Maybe it is the rebounding, and maybe that's a reason that you don't go with a smaller lineup. But it should be fun tonight, uh, and we'll – well, not we, just it's just me. I'll have uh, predictions – Leading scorer in the final segment. But hour one's done. Hour two, it's on deck. Stay with us here on The Blitz. So you're watching the game and you see another ad for FanDuel Sports.